Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hat smiley face. Hello and welcome to the China Shop. I'm shopkeeper Dan. With me as always is Kyle, creator of FinancialIneptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? Doing great. I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I had a wild ride this week, as Ugh. listeners know, with our special GME episode that uh, that came out on Wednesday night, just before the ruckus started. Yeah, and missed <laughs> a lot of the really, yeah, fuckery. So looking forward to talking about that. Yes, we have so much news, and we promise this show won't just be about GameStop. We promise. But we're going to talk about GameStop. We have to. It's too big. It'll be close, though. Come on into the shop with us today. Sit back, relax, rage against the hedge machine. We'd like to welcome mm. any new listeners joining us. And we'd also love to give a special shout out to all our international listeners. Uh, we, we see you there. Australia, Sweden, UK, Germany, New Canada, New Zealand, Israel, France, Finland, Denmark, Colombia, Argentina. Welcome. We see you all. We love you all. So glad that you're here with us. If I spoke other languages, I would be greeting you in those languages right now. We're here to smash our way into a complete set of fine china here in this already smashed up china shop. We try to be bullish on something at all times, but it's, it's getting harder and harder. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we got a fiery, hair-raising, gregarious show for you today. Lots of market-moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than Agamemnon at the beach. More options than places you can purchase GameStop. <laughs> well, I guess you can purchase one share on Robinhood. <laughs> now. Let's see how long that lasts. <laughs> they kept lowering it throughout the day, too. Fucking douchebags. Oh, it's they a liquidity did. problem. They did. It's a liquidity problem, not the fact that Citron is our owner and who purchases all of our contracts and who's also short. <laughs> who, who also just happens yeah. to need GameStop shares. Well, <laughs> yeah. The nice karma about this whole thing is that I don't think that Robinhood IPO is going to happen anymore. <laughs> I think you may be right. Fuck Citron. Actually, Shitron, I think is what everyone calls them. Fuck Shitron and all the other hedge funds. In fact, I think we got some music for that. Dan, why don't you go ahead and play that? Oh, yeah. They'd rather see us get played than retail traders fighting corporate raiders. Beat a hedge fund at their own game. When we're finished, bring the big red pen. Mark off the bleed of the losses. Still pushing up like market bosses. I don't know if they're evil or what. Lock a trader down and break in the trust. Because on the trade apps, now you can't even get some. But don't let them push you around from the bull run. Cause they'll shut you down, you can't buy them All them brokers showing out for the hedge fund Reddit will swarm On any short seller in a short shit stomp Just cause I'm buying GME Both brokers are afraid of me huh? A young trader on the warpath And when I'm finished There's gonna be some real cash From funds crying all the way 
anyway got something to say. Fuck the hedge funds. I think we should call that RWA Redditors with Attitude. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's some fun stuff. Hey, as always, folks, reach out to us. We love your messages and comments on Twitter, Facebook, uh, TikTok, Discord. Uh, got the link to the Discord in the episode description. Or if you're old school, you can send us an email at two bulls at financialineptitude.com or even a phone call to 725-22-BULLS. Maybe you've got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade. Maybe you just love us and want to let us know. It doesn't matter. We love it when you reach out. And we actually, uh, we got a call today. Good question. And, and we're going to go over that in the news. But uh, exciting, exciting time. A lot, of, uh, a lot of interest in stocks these days. <laughs> so we, we love it when you reach out. Keep reaching out, folks. We love it. That, that's going to bring us up to the top of the show where we talk about the bet results. And it's a big one because we're ending the month of January, so there, there could very well be some consequences here. Uh, I thought we were going to skip that this week. That GameStop is too important. Yeah, we've got to make too much time for GameStop, so we should ignore the bet. Yeah. Nope, nope. Uh, and I believe the loser of the week goes first, and that's not me this week. <sighs> Fine. I went with NNDM. I don't even remember the name anymore. The name is Loses Money. Opened at 1645. Started out the week doing exactly what I thought it was going to do. Just going up, 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 up. Peaked at 1789. And then it just went downhill from there. Mm. Which is quite incredible because I think it was one of the only stocks with over 50% of shares shorted of the float that actually went down this week. Yes. Or down while all the other ones were screaming up. So luckily I was able to get a uh, stop loss because it closed at 1374. So from the peak to my stop loss, uh, triggering at 1520, takes me from last week at 570.29 to 526.95. So still closed the month ahead, but I'm I'm screwed. I got consequences. Yes. Uh, my my pick, Eli Lilly which I held through earnings, it, it went up, it, it opened at 208.24, uh, it was up at like 210, 211, then earnings hit and it, it, everybody loved it, it spiked, got as high as I think like 217-ish, and uh, with everything happening Friday, it just plummeted uh, down. Uh, but it, it ended at 207.84, which is actually for the week, only a drop in two-tenths of a percent. <laughs> <laughs> the final total is Dan one. I don't think yeah. we need to hear it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh so this is uh I've been I've been really excited about about this bet pick because I I put some time and some energy. Uh I am right now opening my email and clicking send on a draft I got ready last night. It's got two files. One's called Bet Loser that we're going to listen to right now and the other's the the oh, no. ringtone you got to put on your cell phone or when when I call you. <laughs> For, for the next when month. you call me <laughs> yeah when i when i call you <laughs> which one should i listen to first ringtone listen, listen to bet loser all right i'm assuming mm-hmm. the ringtone's about the part of that someone come and sell and i'm insane to refrain oh my God. stop loss limit and i'm pricing the dirt don't you grieve everything i believe <laughs> you get a migraine and a haircut on the picks that you feed so buy to replace put some cash on some strange Saving all your dividends and burning down the stock exchange. Yo. <laughs> Count it. Two 
that's pretty good. So, I'll give you that one. <laughs> so the second file is is just the chorus for the the ringtone. Yeah. Uh, I right, so I gotta figure so, out how to put that on my phone. I'm so glad <laughs> that I got to share that because I made that and and all, all I wanted to do was send that to you. I was like, oh my god. Uh, uh, Before we uh, wrap up the, the the bet here, we should probably cover our uh, random stock too. Oh yes, uh, STK. It opened the week at twenty nine sixty three, closed the week at twenty seven eighty three. Twenty nine sixty five. Oh, sixty five. Oh, sorry, sorry. Apologies, yeah, STK yeah, it's fans. Good. Hey, hey, hey! There's a lot of SEC scrutiny around here right now. We need to make sure we're reporting the truth. <laughs> is that is that a requirement <laughs> of reporting? <laughs> Not if you listen to Kramer. Last week it was five twenty two twenty three, and the new total four ninety point one seven. So we both. Beat random. Yes. Nice feather in our cap there. Yes. <laughs> all right, folks. I know what you're all salivating for. I want to get to it too. The madness that is occurring, this very historic time in markets, we're seeing something special. Uh, it's time for a little news. Well, it's all for the money. Tune to the show. Need a good score so my margin grows. Or won't you listen to all our news? You might learn some things with the China Shop Market News. All right. All right. So there's really only one big thing dominating the news in the markets right now, and it is big enough to do that, and that is uh, GameStop. It is the only thing that I have been paying attention to. I yeah. tried to do some quick research this uh, leading up to the show over the last couple of days to prepare for next week, but my heart really wasn't in it, I got to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. GameStop is all that's on my mind. To me, the largest thing that's happened since we talked on Wednesday night is the stoppage on Thursday. Not the stoppage of everything, mm -hmm. just the stoppage of certain brokerages to buy only for retail. Which brings us to uh, the one of the messages we got on our phone line. You can always hit us up, 725-22-BULLS. Uh, here, a listener has a question for us. I'll play that for you now. Hey guys, I had a question. I'm still fairly new to all of this, so maybe you guys can help me. I noticed on Thursday on Robinhood that you weren't able to buy any shares of GameStop. It was locked out, um, but the option to sell was still available. And to me, those things kind of go hand in hand. I feel like you can't sell unless someone's buying, and if no one was able to buy, then what was happening to those shares that were being sold? Where did they go? And how is that even possible to be able to do that? Like I said, if it was locked out of being able to buy. So, yeah, I was just kind of curious on what happened and why that was even a thing. That's a very good question. That's a very, very good question. I did uh, uh, try to do a little bit of research well, really, the only people that could be buying it right now are the, the hedge funds that shorted it. They're trying to close out their positions. And then if they take away retail's ability to buy it, because that's what's driving this whole thing and making it worse for them, is every time they, the stock drops, retail keeps scooping up more shares and making it even worse for them. Here's how they're hiding behind the rules. The rules say that uh, uh, in, a, in a transaction where stock is, is changing hands, if you're the buyer, you have to have the cash. And if you're the seller, you have to have the stock. So they've got margins and they've got 
margin requirements that the clearinghouse has to have Robinhood have a certain amount of cash on hand to cover the buy order uh, because it's the clearinghouse's job to make sure it all happens. So Robinhood says uh, you can sell because we can just put your share up for collateral, but you can't buy because we don't have the cash to, to cover the buys. Okay. But then if that's the case, then why weren't all share buyings restricted? Why just those um, specific stocks that were shorted? Right. Uh, and, and, yeah. and further, further, even though on its surface, they're just following the rules and the clearinghouse told us to do this, not a hedge fund. Well, who's running the clearinghouses? That's still a company. That's still institutional um, money interests. The people, no? I believe that's Citron, isn't it? Who's also the owner of Robinhood? I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's the case. It's Citron is the one that owns Robinhood. It's the one who fills all their orders, and it's the one who can say, nah, you don't have the liquidity to buy these anymore. We're not going to let you purchase anymore. So a clearinghouse is uh, an SEC registered, or registered organization. They act as central depositories for securities. So they are... But all their orders go through Citron. Citron is the intermediary for them. Really? That's Remember that big scandal about them uh, not getting the best price for your shares and then they're actually making money off of that? Well, there's several ways they actually make money. And I kind of came across this the other day when listening to somebody talk about the average holding time of a share. Any share on the market, the average time it is held is 40 seconds. I mean, there's many people that have, you know, 401ks and they're long on stocks for, you know, years, decades even. I mean, that means that there are an unfathomable amount of microtransactions that are taking place. And this is what I think is going on, uh, if I understand it right. You put a buy-in for stock XYZ, you want it at $10. So Robinhood goes, and these are just numbers to make it easier to understand. Robinhood goes in and they tell Citron, the person who fills their orders for them, that this guy wants it for $10. So in a split second, Citron buys it for $9.90, sells it to Robinhood for $9.95, and Robinhood sells it to you for $10. Both of them make their profits on the transaction. You kind of get screwed because you get basically paying a $0.10 cent premium per share while the stock changes hands three times for your one buy. Right. Now, the other way Robinhood makes money is they sell all of your fucking information to Citron, the hedge fund. Right. If you if you put a limit order. Oh, yes, exactly. If you have a limit, a trailing stop or a stop limit to, to take profit, they know where all those orders are at. And then they can design ladder attacks, short ladder attacks to artificially move the price, which are microtransactions that happen very rapidly at descending prices where you see the, the share price just fucking tank. We were watching that on Thursday. You can tell that's what's going on, too, because there's no volume associated with it. If you look at the volume from Wednesday to Thursday when buying was restricted, you see it just falls off a cliff. And then mm -hmm. somehow the stock drops $300? Yeah. 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 So so great question, caller. It, it turns out... We kind of went on a tangent there. Yeah. <laughs> the only person buying is the hedge fund. Yes. The hedge funds. And by restricting the retail from being able to buy more, it allows them to execute these short ladder attacks without having nearly the same consequences. Because if you look at the, the Reddit forum, Wall Street Bets, anytime that stock was dipping, they were throwing money in their hand over fist. Yeah. I'm pretty sure some of them were just throwing their wallets at the monitor. <laughs> <laughs> and we saw it ha Thursday, it had the effect, exact effect that they wanted it to. That price, they, 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 did, they attacked it short ladder attack, microtransactions driving the price down. Oh, it's just unconscionable. Uh, some people posted screenshots of Robinhood selling out of their positions for them. Uh, some of them were 
the more interesting ones are some of the people that panic sold in that. Uh, that's only happened with fractional shares from what I can see, but they were getting astronomical prices. Oh, I saw several uh, for, over a thousand for their share. Yeah, for a thousand, a thousand up to two thousand is what I was seeing for fractional shares. So the total value they're getting back was only like three hundred total. I what I think was happening there was the squeeze was in effect. It was either that or it had to do with the algorithm for buying these up. It said like, oh, we can only purchase these shares because it, if you own a fractional share with Robinhood, they're required to hold a full share. They can't buy a fractional share either. So if your fractional share works out to that price altogether, then they're probably it's probably worth it for them to sell that fractional share off and then collect the whole share for just the price of the fractional. But that's a guess. I don't know what I'm talking about. We're two average Joes who do this for fun. So uh, yeah, don't take anything we say. <laughs> do your own research. But that's the way we understand it. And if anybody knows differently, please uh, reach out to us. Let us know. I love learning. Absolutely. A couple other things I want to get into a little bit more, too. I want to talk about some of the names that are on retail side. Like, yeah. Not everybody is against what's going on or smearing the Redditors and the, the retail claiming that we're bankrupting teacher pensions. Yeah, a lot of people with multiple boats are going to have to sell those boats. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> just a bunch of greedy bastards. You know, what? actually, yeah, for everyone who thinks that this is just a bunch of greedy douchebags or, or the other one narrative that keeps getting thrown out there, people who don't know what they're doing and are going to get hurt. I'd like to read uh, one of these comments from, from Reddit. And this is, I wouldn't say it's universal, but it seems like 90% of the comments are along this line yeah, this follows the sentiment of what's going on yes all right so this is uh this is from dramanomicon the dramanomicon dramanomicon <laughs> when this started i told myself i was only going to buy one share to help and come along for the ride i look at it as if i'm burning the money in a fire so the hedge funds can burn with me I have no expectation of gain, so I have nothing to lose. Still, $300 is a decent money for me. Uh, I would just buy one stock and no more. I figured this would be a good way to play the game because I'm not rich. One share is my personal risk tolerance. Until yesterday. I dropped another 400 in my account last night, and I'm still buying one more out of pure fucking rage and spite. I want the rich to experience what they did to us in 2008 and 2020, and I'll burn every goddamn cent in my savings to do it. I've been poor, so it means nothing to me. It will be worth every penny as long as I can take away everything from the same fucking shit bags that have done this to us over and over again every dirty trick they pull just strengthens my resolve and just adds to the rage that will only be sated when every short seller of gme is broker than i was in 2009 i also really like the stock <laughs> uh yeah so the sentiment out there is not uh, a bunch of people just jumping on trying to get rich this is a bunch of people trying to make a statement and that statement is fuck you <laughs> right stop manipulating yep. the economy for your benefit and keeping us on the bottom yeah the, the statement they're making is uh Oh, if you need a bailout, we'll send you guys a $600 check. How's that feel? Right. Or pull yourself up by the bootstraps. The quote that uh, I, I came across that I liked, uh, it's been, been flown around. Somebody said it on Reddit. We can be retarded longer than you can stay solvent. <laughs> so so you, have, yeah. you have a lot of talking heads out there saying, these retail investors don't know what they're doing. We don't want them to lose any money. That's why we're trying to stop this squeeze. They know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, you can go look on Wall Street Bets on Reddit. People understand the it's a fucking para, a parabolic thing. It goes up and then it crashes down. People know that. They're not ignorant of what's going to happen after the squeeze. And they know that because there is more shares shorted right now than there are available to buy. All they have to do is hold on to what they have and they can name their price. What's, what's incredible is on Thursday when they stopped buying 
They stopped buy orders. The short interest went up. The short interest went up and the volume tanked because nobody was selling their shares. We were seeing news articles and, and what was it? So they, Melvin Capital took out an ad. We're, we closed our short position. Well, you know what? Yeah. On Thursday, a whole bunch of short positions were opened up. Also, if you really closed out your short positions, why are you taking out an ad? What, right? Why are you taking out an ad? Why <laughs> are you spending money? If you close that position, you're not at risk anymore. What's it matter? What was the other one? Sit. Citron said that they're no longer doing short reports. They're only going to focus on long positions now. Unless they said they weren't going to ever short anything either. <laughs> good, good. I'm not a fan of Citron research and their short reports. <laughs> oh. On the plus side, there are some big names out there that are on retail side, like we said. Elon Musk, Champtha, uh, Elizabeth Warren. Somehow AOC and Ted Cruz have agreed on something. Although AOC didn't seem to really like the support. Yeah. John Stewart, first ever tweet supporting Reddit. Mark Cuban was tweeting in support yep. of the yep. retail investors. What is incredible to me is when you have a situation like this, like you mentioned, Ted Cruz retweeted AOC. Yeah. When you have the extreme left and the extreme right in agreement, look out. Look out. It's Something's the end happening of days. here. Right? <laughs> Armageddon right? is coming. <laughs> right? <laughs> You're pissing off somebody like Ted Cruz because that's, this isn't free market. This is big barriers to a free market. And you're pissing off AOC because you're putting up barriers to save some rich people's boats. Also, uh, I think we need to put in the description here for people that haven't seen this. I remember this uh, from years ago when Jon Stewart did that interview with Kramer after the market collapsed in 2008. Yeah. Um, I think we should put a link to that. I'll, I'll send them to you when we get done with this so that way you can throw them in there. But people need to re-listen to that. Kramer was the one that went on the air, uh, was that Friday or was that Thursday? Thursday or Friday? I thought it was Friday. Friday's when I saw it. I think it was Friday. Yeah. He went on the air Friday. It was imploring people to sell. They've already won. Take the home run. Don't go for the Grand Slam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, how is anybody still listening to Kramer? Ugh. I got some quotes from him from that 2006 interview that Jon Stewart plays some clips of. And like I said, you guys need to watch that if you haven't seen it. Kramer used to run his own hedge fund. And he said, a lot of times when I was short at my hedge fund, when I was positioned short, meaning I needed it down, I would create a level of activity beforehand that could drive the futures. He also encouraged hedge funds to engage in this type of activity because it's a very quick way to make money. He also uh, admitted to using the media to, to manipulate stocks. So his strategy when he ran his hedge fund was to create buzz about a stock. What he would do was he would go and uh, he would spread rumors, false rumors to reporters at like CNBC or the Wall Street Journal to get an article published. That article would get, uh, you know, corrected three days later, but who cares because the price has already moved at that point. Uh, he would do that in combination with the latter attacks to, to drive the price down real quick and then buy his shares and cover when everyone started panic selling. Oh, that's... Dirty and probably not even illegal. And here's another interesting uh, uh, tidbit I saw. This is just looking at Kramer's Wikipedia page. February 9th of 2009, the Wall Street Journal noted that betting against Kramer's buy recommendations using short-term options would yield 25% in a month. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So why are we trusting this guy? He's looking out for us? Fuck him. You know, yeah. He's literally, you just want to be on the opposite of what Jim Kramer says. Yes. <laughs> Jim Kramer is a piece of shit. Is that slander if I say he's a piece? Of, is that is that slander? I could say that, right? 
I think it's it would be slander if you can't prove it with things like those interview clips. Like the fact that he was recorded saying all this and then saying in the recording that I would never say this on TV. <laughs> so we'll put, we'll put that link in the description. You guys need to check that out. I tried to find the full interview to, to look for it, but uh, Kramer and I think CNBC or uh, somebody else is trying to suppress it or keep it out of there. So it, keep, it, it pops up on occasion, but gets taken down pretty quickly. All right. We're going to take a deep breath and uh, tell you a little bit about our sponsor. Two Bulls in a China Shop is brought to you by Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender. Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She's got over 20 years of experience and has helped thousands of homeowners, whether it's purchasing, refinancing, even reverse mortgages, Sue will help. She's licensed in 25 states and growing, so reach out and see what Sue can do for you. Best way to reach her. 520-977-7904. All right. Or you can give her an email at uh, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289, Sue Pullen, MLS 206048. And uh, we'd also like to add that Passive.com is a wonderful trading device for long-term accumulation. They, They will automate and manage your portfolio, keep it in balance. Uh, calculates all the trades for you and just asks you, hey, you want to make this one and this one and this one to rebalance. Makes it super easy. They're, they're a great product. Uh, we're we're uh, the, the official sponsor of the, <laughs> well, not uh, the unofficial sponsor of the Two Bulls in a China Shop ETF. Per the terms of a bet condition. Because <laughs> we lost a bet. Ah, uh, yeah. Yep, yep, we totally lost that. Uh. All right. Let's talk about some stocks. Please. Just put those stock tickers on the list. Go through the charts so nothing gets missed. Today's trades, they could all turn to gold. I'm playing stocks till I'm out of the hole. All right. So le- leading off with, with stocks, I'm, I'm gonna, one, of the, one of the links at the bottom of the episode I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you all is to a, a, a website called whalewisdom.com. It, it lists the holdings of melvin capital because they kyle i believe they had some updates to their linkedin page oh yes um i think uh we tweeted this out was that a couple days ago i found it on reddit looked like they hired two new bankruptcy specialists couldn't have happened to a nicer company couldn't have happened to a nicer company uh so if if melvin capital does indeed go bankrupt and sell all their holdings it's worth knowing or trying to ascertain what they what they have because when all these hedge funds lose this money they're going to sell a bunch of holdings to pay for it and that's going to drive a lot of things down so if you want to take a look now there is a caveat uh uh i'm not sure if on this site if if all of these listings uh are just what they're they're long on or if any of them are any short positions uh doesn't list GME, uh, I think I think it's li- it has some puts on there. It, it will list options as well, uh, but it's worth worth taking a look. Uh, some some big names in their in their top holdings like uh, Alibaba, Expedia, Booking.com. Also keep in mind too that that information might be out of date already because uh, they did uh, take a big hit. They claim they closed out their short positions, and then that could be why we saw some of those dips in the market on Thursday and Friday. So my best reckoning because because this is like the reporting of i think like quarter three of 2020 uh Mm -hmm. if you do if you do go on there i think it's safe to say something that they've been holding long like oh they bought this in the first quarter of 2019 they they bought uh booking.com 
uh, they probably didn't sell out of their $880 million of Booking.com yet. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. A... It's all a guess, but it's it's good to be able to look up and see at least what, what their holdings were last they reported it in the SEC filing. So anyway, anyway, uh, uh, you may have seen some things. I, I had to pull out of all my ETFs, all my long holdings, I, I sold mm-hmm. out. Uh, but that was more of a, a reaction to just Robinhood. Uh, I wasn't doing right. it. I wasn't doing it to because it was a smart market move. I was doing it because I was like, I'm going to move all this cash to a different trading platform. And uh, it turned out to be great because that was uh, Thursday morning. <laughs> and Oh, yeah. And, perfect timing. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, everything, everything went down. I was like, wow, I feel like a genius now. But it was, it was, it was not for that. It, it just it coincidence. Uh, but I definitely mm-hmm. felt good. So I'm sitting out waiting for the dust to clear and looking for a bottom on a lot of these ETFs and, and, and market average funds, you know, because that's yep. you know, the best time to, to move your capital back in. Uh, my stocks that made money this week uh, were SPC, Virgin Galactic, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, oh, yes. and AMC. All of the ones that had the high short percentages. <laughs> Everything else <laughs> was except down. my bet. Everything except <laughs> my bet. Everything except NNDM. Uh, which I actually uh. did trade, but it, we'll get to that in options. Um, so uh, I, I and and I moved out of those. I moved out of all those positions to buy uh, a couple shares of GME and sit and hold as many as I could get. Uh, uh, you know, I'd already moved. I'm, I, I'd already it, Meritrade was like my bet account at this point, so I didn't have a lot. It was all in Robinhood, mm-hmm. so I, I only ended up getting a couple shares with almost six hundred dollars. From, from my bets on January. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> regardless, that's, that's it. That's all, that's all I did for stocks. Um, I, I, I made some money on Virgin Galactic, Bed Bath & Beyond, and AMC, which Bed Bath & Beyond and AMC, I had moved into uh, earlier in the week at, when, when you were talking about like, oh, AMC's getting squeezed too. Bed Bath & Beyond's getting squeezed too. I was like, well, I gotta, yeah. <laughs> guess I'll get a few shares of those. But I, I, instead of holding them to make them squeeze, I thought, no, I, I need to put these, consolidate these into GME for, for, for the big fight. You know, I need to show up to the big, bigger part of the battle. I'll let other people fight these side battles. We need more troops in GME. Oh, no shit. Especially if you can't buy. Right? Anyway, how'd you do in stocks this week, Kyle? Uh, actually, really good. Um, I sold off about two-thirds of my uh, Virgin Galactic holdings. Uh, I got a price around 4240 uh, Some of that was in my Webull account. Some of that was in my main trading account. Some of that was in my Roth account. Actually, nice. my wife's Roth account. Her Roth account almost caught up to mine, even though it's been contributed to one time less. So <laughs> nice. That account's doing pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> I could have gotten a higher price, obviously, because I think it peaked at close to 60, but I'm still really bullish on this company as a whole. I still think there's a lot of potential with the fact that Kathy Wood is looking into it, and you know, oh, she yeah. just hits home runs. So uh, whatever she puts money in, I'm going to be throwing money at. Yeah, the space industry is looking to grow real big right now. It's a great time to get in on the space industry. So I also purchased uh, shares of my bet pick that did not go so well. Uh, it does have a really high short interest, so I'm still holding on to those. Uh, I bought AMC also varying points at 10 and a half, uh, 12.7 and 1665. Mm. I had chances to sell those out for some decent gains. I uh, probably should have, but I'm still holding on to them because I think when this big event does go off, if it does, 
you're going to see anything with a high short interest, I think, is going to see price spikes. They're not going to be nearly as big as what GME has the potential to do, but they should, uh, they should still spike when all those shorts start getting recalled. It's yeah. a big gamble, but I figure, what the fuck? All right, you know, I made uh, 40 per- or 20% almost of my portfolio this week, so it did really well. Uh, the other one, this is the one that I really need to talk about. Monday, I saw GME just go and look like a rocket ship, and I thought the thing was happening. I bought uh, a bunch of shares at, I think, 148, and I was putting in a trailing stop, trying to be, you know, smart, protect it in case it came crashing down really quickly, which it did. Problem was, I put in a trailing stop buy, not a trailing stop sell. So oh. at 155, almost the peak on Monday, it uh, doubled my position. <laughs> And then trading halted immediately at that point on volatility, and then it pretty much dropped down to about 80 after that. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I was sick to my stomach at that point. (laughs) But I held on to it after I started doing more and more research on what's actually going on and realizing that, hey, wait a minute, this thing has not even begun yet, not even close. So I was still holding on to those. I did end up paper handing and selling out at 220, and this was on Wednesday night when they uh, overwhelmed the Reddit forum and mm-hmm. basically caused it to go private so that couldn't see what anybody was saying in there. It had no more reassurances. And then they ladder attacked that thing at after hours down to like 115 almost. I bought right back in once I realized what the hell was going on at 265. And now I'm, I've been holding it through all the dips. I held it through 115 and they can fucking pry these shares out of my cold dead hands. At this point. Right. I've got sell limits stacked from 990 all the way up to 9,990. <laughs> and then I've got another couple shares that I'm going to hold on to and just sell them whenever I see fit. There you go. There you go. So, fuck, yeah, I realized fuck, some really good gains. I've got, a, <laughs> I've got a big bet in AMC and still holding on to those uh, nano dimension materials, whatever they are, NNDM. My stupid bet pick. I'm just hoping I'm a week off, which happens a lot on this show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that pretty much wraps up my stocks. And I did. Uh, I didn't really pay too much attention to the earnings that came out last week. I'm pretty much just glued to my screen watching the GME ticker, along with AMC, Space, and all those other ones. Yeah. Uh, I did look through to see what's coming up next week, and I'm putting these out because they're interesting. But I'm not making really any plays on these, uh, mostly because I don't know what the stock market's going to do if this thing actually goes off. It's important to note that uh, there's a bunch of options contracts that we're going to get settled up on Monday, most likely after uh, closing out the week above 320. So I counted up all of the open interest calls that were out, and it was something like 9 million shares that are looking to change hands if all of them are exercised. Uh, More than likely, a lot of those got sold off for profit because a lot of people don't have the the cash to exercise, you know, hundreds of shares worth of a stock Mm at $300 a share. Yeah. (laughs) But even if only half of those, you're still talking about 5 million shares when there's only 50 million available right now in the float. So I, I'm watching this thing, and if uh, if this squeeze happens and we start seeing margin calls on these big names, and then they have to start closing out all their other short positions and taking out their long positions like Dan was saying, I think you're going to see a lot of volatility and a lot of uncertainty. A lot of pain. Uh, which brings me to the other thing that I invested in. This is the one that I think is the safest way to play this whole GameStop yeah. thing without taking on the risk of buying these heavily shorted stocks and then mm-hmm. just not knowing what you're doing. And that's the the VXX. It's an exchange traded note. 
and it tracks volatility. It's trading at about $21. That's about where I bought it. And I think at the peak of the March uh, drop that we saw with the pandemic, it topped out at about $71 a share, $71.78. Yeah. And the great thing about a volatility index is that, from what I understand, uh, I mean, there's going to be a drop at some point, right? There's always corrections that happen. Yeah. So I don't see, if you buy it really low, I don't see how you can really lose money on it if you're willing to hold it for years. Because a drop will happen at some point. They always do. And you can just sell it then. Right. It's it's like your drop insurance. Yeah, exactly. But it's a safe way, it's a much safer way to play this, uh, this whole uh, scenario, this uh, infinity squeeze, so to say, rather than taking on these other stocks. Can we do some earnings or not? None of it matters, but what, what's reporting earnings? They're all going down. Yeah, anyway. we still have some. Look at Eli Lilly. <laughs> They're Warner. all going down. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'll just go through them here real quick. Uh, February 1st, we got Warner Music Group. It's their first earnings since IPO. The second, we've got Amazon, Baba, Google, Pfizer, MKL, which is an insurance group that I hold, I really like, and Royal Caribbean. On uh, the third, we've got that BIIB. That was one of our bet picks that did terribly. It's on the wall of shame. Got them on there in case they announce some more news. Uh, let's see. eBay also on the third. On the fourth, Activision's going to report. Uh, we finally get to see what kind of profit they've been raking in with uh, two of like some of the most heavily sold games ever mm-hmm. in their franchise's history and possibly even the history of video games. Uh, referring to, of course, World of Warcraft and Call of Duty. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Unity, uh, Piton, Clorox, and Skechers. I threw sketches in there because people had been taking out options on them a few episodes ago, and we were trying to figure out what the hell. And then on the fifth, this is my other one that I'm really looking forward to seeing, and that's Ubiquity. Uh, that's one that's always heavily shorted. It has a very low percentage of free float available, and it seems like it doesn't take much to set that stock screaming. Um, I think it just closed recently over 300. Uh, when I was first trading that... Uh, I don't even know if it was a year ago at this point. It was trading in like the double digits. Most of those shares are locked up by the owner. So there's not a whole lot of float on that. So that's one that's subject to some some pretty rapid swings. And it doesn't take much for, for those to start jumping. And that wraps up the upcoming earnings. All right. Let's uh, move on to some options. You've got to know when to hold them. Know when to sold them. Know when to walk away. Those calls are done, you never count your money When you're holding on the contracts There'll be time enough for counting When the options exercise (laughs) (laughs) Alright Dan, you do anything with options this week? I I guess I'll go over my my wins before my losses Uh, My earnings, my build up to earnings method Was showing me some really good results on AstraZeneca and Kellogg and even Walmart for a couple of days. I was ecstatic. Like I, I'd ridden these Kellogg calls up to 150%. Uh, the AstraZeneca were, were almost at 100%. And uh, uh, that, that, that was feeling really good. And when Thursday hit, I sold out of everything in Robinhood. So mm-hmm. I managed to, so to all, all three yourself. of those, all three <laughs> of those were, right. They had just been starting to drop. And then I, I sold and managed to, to, to really lock in those gains. Um, I did make a bad call on Ford. I bought some Ford calls right before they dropped. So I ended up taking mm-hmm. an, uh, a, a 20% loss on them. Didn't I try to talk you out of Ford? 
You did. You did. You said to let you know how. Okay. Well, I'm not sure. Yeah. All right. So it didn't go well. Yeah. You're like, yeah, let me, how, let me know how that goes. Could have had a side button. Could have stayed alive. <laughs> it, everything's been down uh, Thursday and Friday. So even the lead up to earnings, that, that, that shine and glow is gone. Yeah. And, and MJ, uh, I, I lost a little bit of money on them before I got out. They, and, and Friday, they were all over the place. They almost, they, they broke through 20, then they broke down to 850, back up to 20, and then down to 850. You know, it was just, it literally all day was bouncing around yeah. like a yo-yo, <laughs> up and down, up and down. That, that's, that's good for your Vega. Right. I mean, I, I was actually noticing, I think I texted you uh, at some point in the middle of the week that, like, I was watching my, uh, my options on uh, Salesforce that were just increasing in value and the stock wasn't moving. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the volatility was definitely affecting share price to, to the positive if you already owned them. Well, I wasn't in MJ at the time. Uh, I'd already sold out. Oh, okay. Thursday. All right. Uh, so I actually wasn't watching the price. I was, I was watching the price of the stock, not the price of the options. Gotcha. So I'm, I'm really, really feeling good about my strategy of identifying earnings that are like about three weeks out and trying to ride that anticipation. However, mm-hmm. I've got to put it on pause because if you look, it's, everything's bonkers and, and, and that market is, yeah. is not, in a, not in any sort of normal state right now. Yeah, I think we're going to have to take a step back. I might even not trade for a few days once, uh, once all this thing finally clears out and settles down. Just If nothing else, like if we end up making just the gains that I saw last week, um, that's not normal. And that's really going to fuck with your expectations if you think that that's going to be the new normal, if that's yes. what you're going to be chasing. Yes. So you, we're going to need to take a step back and reset. And, and I'd like to, which leads me to my, my lotto ticket win in options, which was Bed Bath & Beyond. I, yes, you nailed that. Oh, uh, I think, was it? Yeah, last episode I'd mentioned I'd bought a couple calls and I was like, look, I'm prepared to lose it all. I know. Yeah. I'm just, I just threw, uh, you know, a few hundred bucks in buying a couple calls. Like, we'll see what happens. And boom, Bed Bath & Beyond exploded Monday. And I sold those suckers uh, for 700%. You <laughs> uh, did it twice, though, didn't you? I did. I think you bought some more it, another it, time it and then dipped, bought it. it uh, yeah. Yes, it dipped back down again. Uh, I'd have to look up the date, Tuesday or Wednesday. And I was yeah. like, I think it's going again. So I bought <laughs> this time I, I spent a little more than a couple hundred dollars and, and that sucker the next day spiked up and I sold out in the morning for another like 600% gain. It was phenomenal. And, and the price yeah. dropped both times at, right after I sold them, the price dropped right back down. Uh, so I nice. felt, uh, so you, uh, you know, yep. uh, yeah, I, I was, I was really gold uh, rush fever. I thought I had, you know, uh, diamond hands, everything I touched, it turns to gold. I'm the best trader in the world. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a dangerous feeling. It is. It is. I'm saying, I think I was saved by my rage because at yes. Robin Hood, because oh, yes. I pulled out of yeah. everything right before it dropped. So I managed to lock in a lot of those tasty, tasty gains. Uh, I did make a huge blunder that oh, oh, I, 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 that. I, I will yeah. add, uh, that, <laughs> that was just me. This was the hundred percent gold rush fever, hundred percent gold rush fever. I was moving into some Cisco calls because their earnings were coming up in the beginning of February. And mm-hmm. instead, of, instead of getting the February 19th expiration, I got the January 29th. And this was on uh, uh, <laughs> the fucking uh, Wednesday. I got the one expiring yeah. Friday. And not, not for a strike price that was reasonable, I assure you. <laughs> 
so I said, fuck it. I gotta, I gotta get day trade locked because I'd already moved uh, uh, most of my cash out. Um, I was, you know, settling. Oh, up that's right. Each, you did. Yeah. Each trade so your account was so, locked for 90 days anyway. Right. My account got locked for 90 days. I, I, was, I was trying to, I, I was trying to, I was trying to like leave. So, so some of the cash I had just deposited, I couldn't get out. So I was like, okay, well, I have to wait till I can withdraw this last amount anyway. I don't want it to sit here. Yeah. I'll put it in some calls. I'll throw it in some Cisco. And yeah, and it was a fucking, it was a debacle. Uh, so I, <laughs> I was like, I do not want to lose oh, all these precious gains. Uh, uh. So I did take a hit. I think I ended up losing 8%. Yeah, 8.5%. Did you check uh, which, where it closed the week at? No, no. I, I don't want to look. Yeah, you don't want to look. No, I'm just nope. kidding. I don't know. Nope. <laughs> find out they're in the money <laughs> it no it, it closed worthless it closed worthless i made the right call to okay, move out, all right, all right, uh, all right. as quick as i did so that that ends my options adventure for the week i i i am moving back over i'm moving everything over to my Ameritrade account now and i, I do have access to options there i'm waiting to uh, uh make any trades until this this stuff settles uh, i'm not going to do yep. any options trading until the dust settles uh, but then i'm going to go right back into this strategy of picking the companies that i think uh, have the most earnings excitement and moving into some calls. Well, look, if the market does dip, like we kind of are expecting is going to happen here soon. I mean, that's just a fantastic time to get in some of these stocks that we like with the discount. Yes. Like for me, that AMD, like I just watching that drop below 85, almost at one point, just eyeballing it. That thing gets into the seventies. I think I'm going to be snatching up as much as I can buy. They had some great earnings last week. It might be a good time to get some calls too. It'll look bad for a pick them list, but you know, I'll put them right back on there. I don't care. Right, <laughs> like they crushed that earnings and the growth rate that they're showing is everything people thought it would be. And I think even Zillings reported some good earnings too. The company they just acquired. All right, what were your options trades, Kyle? I had four of them, I think. I sold out a Logitech. Uh, I saw the prices kind of dropping, and I got a little scared, so I just sold them out. Um, I got six dollars a contract. I paid two seventy five, so I did pretty well on that. I'd say more than double my money. I sold one of my space contracts uh, that I bought at five fifty for ten fifty. I kept one last one just to see what happened with all this craziness, and then I managed to sell that last one at fifteen fifty. Oh wow! So I was feeling really good with those three. So those are the two that I sold. Um, Monday I purchased uh, contracts in that NNDM, uh, two dollars, February nineteen, seventeen fifty. They were holding value all week until Thursday when it started really just falling and falling and falling, stopped rebounding. Mm. Uh, again, I'm still holding those. They're probably worth about half the value now, but now I don't really care. I made enough in the other ones. I'll hold these for a little bit longer and see if uh, see if they short affects them too. Yeah, you don't know. But I mean, that was pretty much my options week. I didn't do a whole lot. Uh, you didn't do a whole lot, but you had some good wins. I had some really good wins. I almost I had a chance to close out my CRM for uh, a much smaller loss than I'd been staring in the face for the last uh, <laughs> month, I think. Oh, really? Kind of regretting that now. Yeah, I probably should have just closed them out because I don't know if uh, that stock is going to be recovered to the point where I thought it would be come March. That's just not nearly enough time. Yeah. So... If I get a chance to dump those out anywhere close to, you know, anything over 750, I think I will. Yeah, that pretty much wraps up my options. Um, I do have some alerts. I'm not going to discuss very many of them because just because of the uncertainty that we're in. But there was a couple that did catch my eye. F-Cell was the first one. April 16, $20 calls. I have this in my Roth account and it's been doing fabulous for me. 
357,000 at 715 a contract. It was trading last I saw in the 21 to 22 range. Uh, Tesla, February 5th, $800 calls. Somebody dropped 3 million at $33.35 a contract. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, that's the first time Tesla's been under 800 for a while. I think people are expecting uh, Tesla to rebound. I'm mm-hmm. not sure I'm ready to make that bet. Uh, me neither. Me uh, the neither. last one was uh, General Motors, February 19th, $54 calls. Someone spent 324000 at $2.27 a contract. And General Motors has been getting a lot of good publicity uh, for the electric vehicle move that they're trying to push towards. Maybe somebody knows something's coming up with them. Yeah. Weren't they the ones that said they were going to be going all electric also? Yeah. By 2035, yeah. they're all electric. Yeah, well, They've been having a lot of good positive moment. I don't know if someone's just betting on that to continue or if they know something's coming up, but I'm keeping my eye on them. I probably won't be following any of these. Maybe the F-Cell. I might look at the, uh, I don't remember what the short interest on that was, but that's one that seemed to be going up even during the face of all this craziness. That pretty much wraps up options, I think, though. All right. Well, what's that sound over there? What? Oh, man, I feel spent. <laughs> oh yeah, a lot of lot so much so much jam packed into this week, and we're trying to pack it all into this episode. We should use for a few dollars more for this segment. That's that's what I want. Oh, you want <laughs> a few dollars, dollars more? more. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I got a few dollars more with my good trade, which was those uh, Bed Bath and Beyond calls. Uh, I've never yeah. had a I've never had such a successful options trade so fast. Uh, it's kind of head spinning, no, and like like you said too. earlier, it's really messed with my head and my expectations of what uh, I can do with money and growing it. It's not reasonable. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect conditions. But it sounds like your strategy has some uh, legs to it. So I'm interested to see how that continues. Uh, my profits on space and Logi contracts and the shares, I think, is my whole week actually was the best since I think I started this whole experiment. Uh, just from the the amount up, I closed it. So yeah, definitely agree with you. Even though the market is crazy insane right now, still made out all right. Yeah. What was your bad? Uh, Waking up and being locked out of uh, GME and Robinhood just put me into this emotional frenzy that uh, that's lasted through to the day. It's it's just consumed my mind, really taken up a lot of lot of real estate in my head. So uh, I, I think that's pretty bad. I, I don't want to spend all my time thinking about this, but I am so. Here we are. Oh, it's hard not to be angry. And then when mm-hmm. you start getting angry, you don't think rationally anymore. No. No, and then you start looking for other things to be angry about. Yeah. Keep this anger train going. I was making comments on Facebook for the first time in five years. <laughs> remember really quickly why I hate doing that. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah. What was your bad? Uh, uh, my bad is definitely my double buy in uh, GameStop. It made money, but it was definitely a mistake. Yes, it was a mistake that I made because I was trying to do something quicker than I I was trying to make a quick trade, just make a quick buck. And uh, I've said it many times that I don't want to be a day trader. That's the move I was making was a day trade. So yeah, thought I could make a quick buck. And then I saw really quickly how that can go wrong. I made a big Mm -hmm. mistake. It didn't cost me anything. I actually made money. It was lucky. But, you know, the results don't necessarily uh, prove out the method. My method was flawed. Right. And it's made you money if you sold it right now, but holding them... I already did sell it. I actually did oh. realize uh, <laughs> I realized about a $70 per share profit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, my my ugly for me was picking the wrong expiration date on those Cisco contracts. That was a rookie mistake. <laughs> Should never have made it. And I am ashamed that I did. But on this show, we share it all. To be honest, that probably saved you some money too. You think those Cisco contracts are going to be worth anything in a month or two? Or however long the, the real strike price you're looking for? It did. It did. It ultimately did. There's, there's going to be no, you know, after after Friday, there's no company that I can point to and be like, well, I know this one's going to go up, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. Because we don't know what positions big money is going to move out of to cover their losses. We don't. Right. Nope. But any, anyway. No, we don't even yeah. know what retail is going to move out of. Or what I'm gonna, I don't even know what I'm going to move out of next week. I was trading like an idiot and picked the wrong expiration date. That was my ugly. My ugly was your bad. Uh, the restriction of stock trading on stock platforms is criminal, in my opinion. People need to go to prison for this. I don't see yeah. in what world you can not claim that this is market manipulation, where you allow hedge funds and other rich people to trade a stock, but lock out basically retail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, throw up these barriers, save our asses. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on that angry, emotional bombshell, we can move on to the bed. All right. Stocks are in the center of a universe. That's for every one of us. Consequence for one of us. Make our picks with no regret. Every open, every close, every spread. It's the mighty bed. Did that cheer you up? Did that song cheer you up a little bit? Uh, it does. It, it makes me smile, at least. Uh, you do get to go first, and uh, I already think I know what, what you're picking, and I think you know what I'm picking, so let's, let's, get, let's get this done. All right, I'm going with AMD. They just... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Bullshit. Uh, no, the VXX. I am definitely going with the VXX. I think the market's going to be choppy. I think volatility is going to increase. I think this is an easy way to make a quick buck off of that uh, uncertainty that's coming up. I have yeah. positions in it that I've taken out over, uh, let's see, Friday, I think, is when I purchased into it. Bought in with my Roth account, and I bought in with my Webull account. Excellent. That's my bet. I'm sticking to it. I thought about going with GameStop, yeah. but I don't know when it's going to fall. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, 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 it most likely won't won't take very long. The bigger the spike, the more the people that are like, "I'm holding till infinity," are like, "Well, two thousand's a pretty good price." <laughs> I would follow your bet. I I would bet the same thing if I if the rules allowed it because I totally agree with you. Uh, the best I can do <laughs> is, the, it's like I talked about earlier, TQQQ. It's a triple leverage bear fund. I should say inverse yeah, fund. You go with that. I, I really think the NASDAQ is going to deflate this week in a big way, and that sucker's going to shoot up. Uh, it's basically very similar to your bet, uh, uh, but it's not as safe because the volatility works either direction. Yep. This, I get up uh, or down. Uh, but I, I happen, I just have a feeling that a lot of these hedge funds that are going to be selling to cover their losses, uh, they're going to be selling off a lot of companies that have been part of the NASDAQ that have been shooting up and making them mm-hmm. own their long-term positions. Yeah, I, I just feel like the NASDAQ is going to fall more than the S&P. I think they're both going to fall. Uh, so yeah, my bet pick, TQQQ, final answer. All right. VXX versus the triple leveraged S&P versus uh what's our random 
All right, I'm going to add the NASDAQ onto this, uh, the picker then. So we'll get NASDAQ or New York Stock Exchange. Okay. And whenever you're ready, you ready? Can I get a drum I'm roll? I'm ready. I'm ready. Drum roll. AKTS. Acoustic, Acoustis Technologies Incorporated. It's a NASDAQ stock. AKTS. Mm. Acoustis Technologies. Huntersville, North Carolina. Yeah, I knew that off the top of my head. I didn't look it up. I bet. Uh, average volume of almost a million. So it actually looks like a decent stock we got this time. All right. Uh, no looks, chart, though. Looks like it closed at uh, 1508. Uh, but, but it's up for the year. Uh, so yeah. we'll see. We'll 52 see. week range has been 376 to 1796. Looks like we got a contender. I don't see short interest on it. Do you have that? On Ameritrade, it says uh, 22.88. As of January 15th. Well, shit. That might have a shot. That might have a shot at we'll, crushing us. We'll see. We'll see. Yep. Find out next time on the next exciting episode. That does, that does bring us to our thrilling conclusion. Uh, remember, folks, like and share. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell your pets. Come join us here in the China shop. It's cozy and warm. Everybody's invited. If you want to help the show, rate and subscribe. If you don't feel like pushing buttons, then tell your friends. If you don't want to tell your friends and you want to throw money at us, we'll be uh, working on a PayPal donation system thing that we can put together and we can do it for you, but our <laughs> preference would be to keep everything as free as we can and let you guys just spread the word for us. We love you. We love it when you do. Yes. Yes, right, we do. folks. Happy trades. We'll catch you next week. Well, barring some big event that makes us do another special episode, but <laughs> we, we may have a midweek <laughs> yeah. update on the, the drama. Uh, stick around, stay tuned, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, folks. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.